Welcome to Bai Yen, a podcast about the intersection between Taiwanese and American culture. I'm Joe. With me is Jack. Hello, everyone. Anna. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. How's everybody doing? So good. It's Saturday. <laughs> so, so. I forgot everything this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how does that happen? You're, you worked all week long and you created no memories? Because I'm a zombie in weekdays. <laughs> He's an office worker zombie. Yeah, <laughs> because every week is every week is so repetitive. So you don't like, you need to have an anchor. Yeah. Like, oh, this Wednesday something special happened, so, so you will remember it. Yeah, I've been trying to do that. Um, yeah. I've been trying to add like some kind of event. Like on Thursdays, we always play music, so that's a big event on Thursday that I can look forward to. Yes. Wednesday, I always go climbing, um, so that's always like another event. So try to add things to your week. Like you know, like a fun event, and then maybe it'll be a little more exciting. Oh, ideally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> how so about Joe? Me? You? And like, how how was your week? Oh, my week was pretty good. Mm. I did all those events with Ryan. I went climbing with him on Wednesday. <laughs> I played music on Thursday. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it was a pretty good week, and uh, yeah, I, I uh, I'm taking a test on Monday for my real estate studies. Oh, how, how was that? Well, it'll be on Monday, but it's going to be easy. The oh. tests are all easy. Nice. It's but you have to call up a, uh, a service where they have a proctor, who's a person who watches you on a webcam and makes you pick up your computer and show them the room to make sure you're not cheating. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Can, yeah. can you explain more? Because in Taiwan, maybe as a real estate uh, seller, mm -hmm. you don't need to take the tax. Really? Tax. What? <laughs> you guys don't right. have real estate licenses? I think uh, we have. We have. I think we have. But okay, let me check. You just pay not, and uh, receive it, maybe. Yeah, not not very strict, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in in the United States, you have to get licensed in the state you're going to practice in. So all fifty states have their own licensing process and their own boards that oversee that. But yeah, it's to help educate real estate agents because a lot of people just kind of dabble in it. Mm. It's not their career, but they have a license, and every once in a while they'll represent someone in a sale or a purchase. So yeah, there was a lot of abuses in the past, so they instituted. Laws to make sure that real estate agents are properly educated. Mm, well, that's quite good. So, what's the content you need to? A lot of the content prepare. is about oh. understanding the law surrounding um, real estate transactions, understanding all the obligations you have towards your clients. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's basically a, a lot of stuff about learning law, and then a lot of the vocabulary around that sort of thing. Yeah, so just learning learning the business essentially. Mm. Yeah, pretty dry stuff. Mm. But some of it's interesting. Like now, I understand how evil banks are. <laughs> <laughs> When I finally came to understand how mortgage loans work, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" The, all the chips are stacked against the normal person trying to just take out a loan to buy a house. It's terrible. So, who is the biggest enemy? The banks. The banks. <laughs> yeah, Morgan Stanley. Yeah, <laughs> any, any any bank you've ever heard of them. Whoa! Yeah, now I'm sure it makes sense to some degree from their perspective, but yeah, it's a whole other issue, mm -hmm. especially when you they're able to take all these risks and then just get bailed out with our money, our tax money. Yeah, the I banks are not my, are not your friends. I see. Okay, but yeah, so that's what I did this week. So yeah, back to the last topic. As a Asian slave, we envy you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, you know, if you have. Um, Too much freedom is not a good thing either. So you got to find the right balance between, you know, as they say, freedom is just choosing wh which master to serve. Mm. Yeah. So back to balance again. Exactly. 
We should change our podcast name to Balance. It all comes back to balance. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to every good question. <laughs> so you guys just got back from Taiwan. How was your trip? Super hot. <laughs> really? Super hot. Japan is also super hot. Like standing outside. You're doing nothing. Just walking. Three minutes, you will be super sweaty. Oh. Because Taiwan is hot and also humid. So you're easy to get sweaty very soon. What is the temperature mm. over there? 38. Mm. Oh. 38. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, the, in Japan, in the nighttime, maybe it will decrease to maybe 28, 26. In Taiwan, in the nighttime, I think still 30-something. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds even worse. <laughs> and I think I was sp- spoiled by Japan. Really? A little bit. Yeah, I have some reverse culture shock there. Really? Yeah. Like, for example... I think people's like the distance is too close. Like when I queue on the line and people th- like sometimes touch me, like like just push me to like go forward. They kind of like crowd too much. Yeah, huh. and also like the car between cars, the distance is also <laughs> <laughs> very close. Uh-huh. I think it's very dangerous. That does yeah. sound pretty dangerous. Yeah. There's mm. one sentence that the Taiwanese are super kind. Until they sit on the driver's seat. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Taiwanese driver are terrible. Interesting. I, I've only had you as a driver, and you're a wonderful driver, Jack. When I drive in Taiwan, I, s- I always so mad. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'm always so surprised. Like, one minute ago, I was saying something fun. One, one minute later, I was cursing. <laughs> yeah, super angry. Really? So yeah. just like people cutting you off? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You need to stay in the maid state. Oh. And then you can drive good. <laughs> oh. And, like, people are keep honking. Yeah. Because yeah. in Japan, the honking is like, I say thank you to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> not a thing of anger. <laughs> in Taiwan, it's oh, more yeah. anger. Yeah, it's totally the reverse. Uh, yeah. yeah, in in Japan, if you like like use the light, yeah. that means dozo, like you go first. Yeah, yeah. In Taiwan, if I sh- like bl- blend the light, flash my light, flash yeah. my light, that means I'm going. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better stop. <laughs> Wow, so it's much more of like a me first kind of thing. Yes, oh. yes, yeah. But that is more true, right? Like people express themselves more truly. Uh, uh, like we don't like much, w- waste our time to pretend oh, we are polite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there is one thing is improved. Because BBC, there was a, a report about Taiwan is the pedestrian hell. Pedestrian hell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's very dangerous in Taiwan. (laughs) 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 It was. But now if you... uh, We have a new law and says if you you must need to yield the pedestrian. Yeah. So if you don't do that, maybe we'll get the uh, 6,000 Taiwanese uh, fine. That's a huge fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, So That's about... uh, uh, 24,000 Japanese yen. Uh, wow. Yeah. So now, like, like some, someone is, r- like, looks even like the gangest, but mm. if they pass by, a uh, pedestrian is on the, how to say Sidewalk. that? Sidewalk. Sidewalk. Yeah. And they, they will eel it. Um, As a bicycle rider, I uh, appreciate that. Because mm. it's, uh, even, I mean, Japan is fairly good about, like, yielding. Everyone stops and mm. waits and it looks, and that is... So good. That is uh-huh. so fake. 
<laughs> and it's so good for my life. So I appreciate the fake. A matter of no, safety. Try to trying to say something to <laughs> protect Taiwan. <laughs> I see. Like like uh, if if the the every driver they drive badly, I can I also drive badly. Really? So yeah, you kind to, of like to group. adapt. Yeah, you kind yeah. of group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Think. <laughs> Following the flow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that makes sense. When I was driving in LA, you have mm. to be aggressive. No one lets you in. You yeah, have yeah, to yeah. just take the space that you yeah. want. Join so, the emotion. God, LA. Exactly. <laughs> LA is literally hell. Yeah, the speed people drive at is crazy there. So you really do have to adjust. If you try to drive in a, you know, uh, for example, Northern California sort of way in Southern California, you're not going to have a good time. So you do have to kind of adjust. Mm. I, I lived in LA for one month. And I I drove there one day, I I was taking a, like a teacher certification course, one day I drove, and then that was it. I gave up on driving and found other ways to get to my school because I never wanted to do that again. It was I so heard horrible. LA has no metro system. They do. They, they, do. they have. Yeah, oh. it's a horrible metro system. But yeah, they they do. Or oh, which city? San Francisco has no metro system. They have trams as well. So oh yeah. Because I heard there was a there, there is a big city in West Side, and uh, it doesn't have the the transportation system like New York. And so everyone Seattle, oh maybe Seattle everyone is driving, any. so it's super crowded. Yeah, America's yeah. driving culture. Like if you have to take public transportation in mm. most places, that's a really bad thing. Oh, it takes yeah, a even long time. It's dangerous. It's not a good way to travel. Yeah, even though they have a metro system in in. Uh, LA, it's yeah, like like Joe's saying, it's not really like a well used or normally used thing, I see. and it's not clean. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> messy and dangerous. I had to go through uh, Compton, is a very famous like dangerous neighborhood in LA. So I had to go through Compton Station, and all day, every day, when you go through Compton Station, there are armed police guards with machine guns waiting at the train station all the time. <laughs> it was insane. Whoa. Yeah. Like true assault rifles just waiting at the, uh, just in case something happens. At that the is a special period. Special place, you mean? Like, like in, in like the, the city is holding some big event? No, that, uh, all the time. That's just oh, standard. I because see. Compton is fairly famous for being like a dangerous place for gang violence. Oh, and yeah, so Compton Station must have had some kind of problems before. So there's always armed police guards now. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a different world. So that was <laughs> that was your reverse culture shock. Was there anything good that you really missed about Taiwan? Uh, family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think also the toilet is also dirty compared to Japan. But you cannot uh, compare to Japan. Japan may be uh, the top standard. Yeah. <laughs> right? Top, right? Yeah. yeah, Japan is the top of toilets uh, in the world. Yeah. Uh, but mm. still, once you get used to it, it's hard to go back, right? Mm. Yeah, true. And you go and you have that bidet that just perfectly washes. <laughs> you go to <laughs> America and it's just not clean. Yeah. The toilet's not even clean. Yeah. But mm. did you have any positive uh, things of Taiwanese culture you noticed and you thought, oh, maybe that could be something that like, you know, Japan could use or is like a good thing that other countries can use? Uh, I think it's uh, when we do the, like we go to bank 
or or other things.、Uh, yeah. Very quick, and they are very friendly and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, guide you. The the government institution. Ah,、uh, super high efficiency. Ah,、uh, okay. that、yeah. is a、uh, that's something that Japan struggles with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very. Everyone will will serve you very quick, very efficient. Mm-hmm. See, I, I feel that way about Japan. Actually, I think <coughs> the government institutions of Japan are awesome. I've had really good experience Com- compared to America. Yeah,、maybe. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's <laughs> we have like a, we have a tier now that you can imagine.、Uh, yeah. The DMV is in America. The Department of Motor Vehicles is infamous for being so horribly inefficient.、Mm-hmm. For example, I tried to.、Um, I, I just went back to America in May. And I tried to get my license renewed, so I tried to go. They have this new online system. I was like, "Oh, cool! They're really br- embracing this, you know, futuristic system." And I tried to make an appointment, and it was booked out for two and a half months. So there's no point of even having this online system because it's booked out so long. <laughs> I was like, "What? I can't." Yeah. So it's so inefficient.、Mm. Um, but so Taiwan is even more efficient than like Japan. Yeah, because、uh, this time we went back is due to my mom is、uh, going to retire, and we are celebrate her birthday and also her retirement day, and we went to the labor. Uh, how how does it? Labor pension pensions. Uh, as department. a bi- apartment、yeah. institution, and to apply her pension, and maybe just two hours. And we fix all the thing. Oh, that's great!、Uh, yeah. yeah, like very soon you wait maybe、yeah. five minutes. Yeah, and one people you can talk and you can ask him any question, and、yeah. he serve you like half hour, tell you <laughs> every information you need, and、uh, tell you what's your options in the future.、Uh, and then after you you make all the deal, you you fill all the form, and you go to first floor and deliver the form, and everything is done. That's、uh-huh. that's actually so. My mom just turned sixty-two. Happy birthday, mom! <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday! Happy、uh, so sixty-two is the、uh-huh. retirement age in America as well. So、uh-huh. she is beginning to think about the process of retiring. But in America, it is a convoluted process. So she's like,、oh, I'm looking into it. But now it's like she's like preparing herself for like a six-month battle <laughs> with the、wow. government to like get everything in order. And yeah, so it's it's not nearly that efficient. So that that sounds very. Is is the career path of becoming a bureaucrat in Taiwan considered a good one? Like, are they well paid? Like they are a, a government、um, worker. They 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 are not as good as pastime, but they're still very good、hmm. because the pay is stable and government like protected everyone.、Yeah. Is it like a、uh, like a thought of as like a good career, like like status wise?、Mm. Or is it like、it's、average or below average or average. average? Average. I think above average,、oh. but、uh, maybe not so interesting path, career path. Oh. I guess what would what would I mean? America's, I guess, not generally a positive thing. Like to become a government worker is generally looked at as a negative career. Oh. I would say. Do you think that's fair, Joe? Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's a, it's considered safe and consistent, and you get good benefits. Um, yeah, the benefits the, are maybe the only positive. But the pay is low, and it's not considered a high-status job. Whereas here in Japan, you know, there it's a cherished position. A lot of people want those jobs. They're well paid and well compensated, which is why I think I've had such good experiences there. But yeah, in the states, it's it's considered a pretty low-tier career to be a frontline bureaucrat, and yeah, so that's the kind of service that you get. Yeah,、mm. I think in Taiwan is a very good、uh, position. Hmm. Yeah, and also the efficiency now getting higher. I 
I even don't know how to like improve the. <laughs> yeah, the, that sounds the amazing. Efficiency. Mm. Now, if you go into any institution, the first come to you maybe will be the guard or the volunteer who work there. And even the guard, they will give you many information. Oh, what do you want to do today? Oh, you should go to where and pick up who. Yeah, and uh, that's very amazing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When you walk into the DMV, for example, there's just like emptiness, and you just have all these signs, and you have to fend for yourself. There's no like information desk. There's no like, please do this. <laughs> no, it's like chaos, and everyone just has to figure it out by themselves. It's so inefficient. Yeah, so horrible. this time when I walk into the labor pension apartment and the volunteer asks me, "What do you want to do today?" I say, "I want to apply the retirement pension," and the volunteer was like, "You? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not me. <laughs> the lady behind me." <laughs> You're like, "I wish, but <laughs> yeah, I wish I'm a couple wish. years off still. Yeah. <laughs> I already work eight years. I think I should retire now." <laughs> Yeah, but as usual in the U.S., the the key is to knowing how to do things. Like you shouldn't go to the DMV if you have an option. Like when I had to get my driver's license in New Mexico, we have a second party who's a private business you can go to. You pay a little bit of extra money, but there's almost no line, and they do the DMV process for you. Whoa. So you just spend thirty five dollars, go see those guys. No lines, no wait, no trouble. Uh, that's the way to do it in America. You have to circumvent the bureaucracy. And if I was in, for example, Ryan's mother's situation, get a lawyer. It's like I've said before: if you want to solve any problem with the government, get a lawyer. Um, that's the way to get things done in America. But that is the my pension. Yeah, no, I know. So, <laughs> but, but, but here's the question: is do you want it today, or do you want it five years from now? Whoa. Right? Is, is is it right that this is the way things are? No, of course not. It'd be great if our bureaucracy worked well and was efficient like other countries, but it's not. And you have to live there, and you have to figure out how to deal with it. And I'm telling you, this is how you deal with it. You get a lawyer. I see. Yeah. But it's kind of like the bad vicious cycle. Mm. Like it is inefficient, and then you need to hire someone to do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. It's not never get. They will get fixed. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm but I'm telling you, if you need to solve a problem and you want to get it done today, oh. like when it came to my wife's immigration with the green card, when it came time for me to apply for my dad's social security. Um, every time I was hitting roadblocks and having lots of problems, hire a lawyer, boom, solved. Mm -hmm. And in the case of my dad's social security, he had cancer. So he actually, um, there was a lawyer who did the job for free. Just there's all sorts of institutions in the U.S. who are there to um, help people get through those systems. And yeah, so she did it pro bono, which means for free. So yeah, there are solutions. But again, that's how everything works in America. Is you have to know how the system works and you have to learn how to work around it. And it's a better system if you have money. You can afford those <laughs> other things. Yeah, if you can afford a lawyer. Absolutely. You can afford the extra thing. If you can't afford that, too bad. Yeah, too bad. It's kind of the. That's why Joel feel powerful. <laughs> <laughs> because you are rich. <laughs> I'm, I am not rich. Speaking of that, that's yeah. maybe a good segue. Joe also just traveled back to yeah. the uh, the promised land, as it is. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> called by those who don't know any better uh, the land of freedom what did you did, same thing positives negatives i tasted the beautiful american freedom and it was <laughs> honestly difficult to come back i had a hard transition back to japan because you are so normal here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> japan don't treat rich people well yeah. <laughs> i mean 
it, it's just so there are plenty of negative things in, in America. Like you guys were talking about. There are traffic. so many negative things. <laughs> I have. <laughs> no. It just Japan. Joe, the Japan hater. Ryan, <laughs> the United States hater. <laughs> yeah, there's so many negative things I in America. I love Japan, but I am American, and mm. uh, there's so many things about it that I love. You know, but yeah, in, in traffic, like I had a guy zoom up behind my car and honk his horn and flip me off and was yelling cuss words at me out the window. Um, you the know, American dream. I yeah. had, <laughs> I, America I rented a car and when I showed up, the price wasn't what they'd advertised and then the car, the car was empty of gas and then when I tried to get reimbursed, they didn't believe me. So like there's plenty of things, like that would never happen in Japan, you know, customer service is wonderful here and people are so friendly in traffic. So these are a few of the experiences that I guess you could say are negative. But uh, to me, it's not that negative. I'm used to it. Like when a guy drives up behind me and honks his horn and flips me off, I'm like, oh, I guess he's having a bad day. That's his problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when um, when these car companies try and, you know, not reimburse my money, I fight for it and get angry and, you know, make them give me my money. So, yeah, I'm just used to it. It's not that Japan is better, America's better. It's just I'm an American and that's what I'm used to. So it was awesome. So which part is better? Which part is better? Oh, mm. I mean, everything. Everything that every other country does looks small and crappy compared to the U.S. Like, I went to a climbing gym there. Beautiful, huge, high-rise routes. You know, accurately um, graded uh, climbing. You know, V0, V1, V2, all the way up to as high as you want to go. Nice, spacious, high-quality service. I mean, I, I like our climbing gyms here. I like the small neighborhood feel. But in terms of the size and the scale and the quality, it's not even close. Not even close. Um, and just everything that you have access to in America is the best of everything in the world all in one place. That's one, one point we feel conflict. Like sometimes people say customer service is terrible in the United States. But sometimes it's super good in the United States. That's so the key point is money. Yes. Oh. Money, but also knowing where to go. You know, you, you, you learn um, what, what is a good business to visit. And if it's not, then you vote with your money. You just take your money elsewhere. The money isn't the solution to everything. It's also just knowing how it works, knowing where the good places are, knowing which places to stay away from, um, knowing the system, I would say. So, yeah, I mean, I had so many amazing experiences. You know, I went to Encinitas, California and had a, a reunion with my family. My kids got to meet all my family members for the first time. And then I uh, drove my family out to Las Vegas had a lot of fun out there. Um, got to experience all the American freedom I could stand. <laughs> Took my car out on the highway, which is a great American tradition of the road trip where you pile your family in and you just set off and drive out west where it's always blown my wife's mind. For me, it's normal. But you see these roads that just go straight as far as your eyes can see. You can see all the way to the horizon and the road's just straight. And there's a lot of emptiness around, but they have all these interesting little uh, roadside attractions. Like when you take road trips, it'll be like Rattlesnake Farm, you know, 15 miles. And you, you go pull off and see whatever weird stuff they've got. It's just the road trip is a great American tradition. And uh, mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun doing that. And then, yeah, I went out to Albuquerque and spent more time there. And it was awesome. I had such a great time. I felt, I felt the motherland and the freedom coursing <laughs> through my veins. <laughs> I, I feel Joe, Joe's eyes shining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and love, I Ryan love is running. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> horrible. What, what a there, horrible place. There's all different types of people, and you know, different places suit different people. So I won't say Ryan's wrong. Like a lot of the stuff he talks about. Oh, I'm right, but it's okay. A lot of the stuff he talks <laughs> about, I can, I can see his perspective. But you know, I have mm -hmm. my own experience, 
And when it comes to America, it's awesome. As we said, it is a great place if you have money. And unfortunately, I don't have money. So America is not good for general <laughs> populace. But if you're rich like Joe... I'm not sure. rich. Wait, okay, let, let me yeah. be clear. I am not rich, okay? I am mm. not rich. Yeah, Whoa. everyone's rolling their eyes there. <laughs> I'm a normal middle class citizen. I was, everyone's rolling I was, their eyes I was, now. I was raised middle class and I've always been middle class. Yeah, yeah we, we also have some like Kardik who... Uh, also did long-term business trip in United States and now they're doing business trip in Japan. And they're also saying the same thing, that uh, they feel so depressed when they come to Japan. I said, what's the difference? It's the foreign country for us anyway. And uh, it's somehow bigger and more like different. And they say, just everything in Japan is smaller. I, I I say, why are you talking about you come from Taiwan? <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, right, right, right. Taiwan is, but Taiwan is the hometown. When you go abroad, you want to see something different. Yeah. And if you, after you come, go to United States and then you come to Japan, you feel the road is so narrow and how is smaller and everyone's space is so small. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think the... the it's because your friend has tasted the American freedom. And once you have, yeah. you'll be comparing everything else to it. There's nothing else like it. <laughs> I did have one really interesting thing happen to me. And this highlights another, another thing that I think is really what America's about, is just being aware of what to expect and knowing how to navigate the systems. So I was in this hotel in uh, Los Angeles, and this guy came up to me, and he started telling me this story. He's like, oh, you know, I'm here from uh, Haiti, I'm here to visit a church. I'm with my family, but the church isn't answering our phone calls and we're stuck here. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. He just wanted me to use my phone to Google the church form. Like, sure, man, no problem. We're chatting. We're having a nice talk. And then he's like, say, brother, do you think that uh, maybe, you know, you could loan me the money to get some tickets to drive down to this church and then I'll have the church reimburse you and pay you back? I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because as soon as he said that, I realized, oh, this is a scam artist. And this is something that would never happen to you in Japan. I, I mean, I don't know, maybe if you're a native Japanese speaker, maybe I'm sure there are scam artists here. But just in the lobby of a hotel, I was approached by a guy giving me a story, trying to get me to give him money for a family that didn't exist to go to a church that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to you have to be ready for that kind of stuff in the States. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> freedom isn't free, Ryan. Freedom is a interesting concept. You I know what we say. say about freedom? The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. Mm. Eternal vigilance. So being vigilant is being ready, ready to fight for that freedom or ready to defend yourself. And that, uh, you know, freedom has a dark side. And so you have to be prepared to pay that price in order to have it. Freedom isn't free. Mm. (laughs) Anna's face looks very interesting. Comments? (laughs) I I think because I haven't been to America before, but I think the freedom there maybe is like really freedom like everyone's free but maybe i prefer japan's freedom is like i can be free but uh except for uh maybe i will bother others mm. so the freedom is has the limitations maybe yeah I japan legally uh, japan legally is very free compared to america america has a lot of like legal boundaries that you have to that people cross but you know that they're like drinking outside for example or lighting off fireworks. Like, you can't do that in a lot of places in America. But, like, culturally, Japan is much less free. I think that's what 
so it's like, what kind of freedom do you want? You know, do you want cultural freedom? Do you want physical freedom? Do you want legal freedom? Every place has probably different, um, you know, concepts of freedom. But I know, I know what you're saying about Japan, oh. where it, it, I agree with you. They do have a really good balance when it uh-huh. comes to freedoms. And again, it's you're not free for everyone to own a gun here, but then they don't have nearly as much violent crime, and I can let my kids play in a park and walk home and have to worry about it. I mean, that is something that's awesome about Japan and that I really wish we had you know, more of in the States. So I, I get what you're talking about. They do have a really good balance here, I think. I mean, I feel generally free to do what I want here. Um, but yeah, like what Ryan was saying, it's, it's a cultural difference, right? People uh-huh. tend to sort of self-police uh, self-police in, in Japan, Japan yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's part of what makes it feel, you know, very different from the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was my trip. I had a wonderful time. So well, good. So welcome good. back, all of you guys. I I uh, was lame and didn't travel, so that's <laughs> <laughs> just here, just waiting for the podcast. But no, one here for me. <laughs> no just kidding. Um, cool. Well, what's what's next on the agenda? So there's been a uh, a cultural happening in the United States of two big summer movies coming out at the same time: Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie. Um, these two movies could not be more different. You know, Barbie is this very lighthearted, fun uh, movie based on, you know, a famous children's toy that all of our sisters grew up with, I think. And Oppenheimer is kind of this heavy movie about the development of the atomic bomb during World War II. And Oppenheimer is the name of the scientist who spearheaded the project. So these two movies came out at the same time and everyone is comparing and contrasting them. Um, You know, are you a Barbie person? Are you an Oppenheimer person? Um, Of course, they're not releasing Oppenheimer this summer here in Japan. Um, So let me ask you guys, if you can go see one movie, which one would you go see, Oppenheimer or Barbie? Anna? Oppenheimer. You'd go see Oppenheimer? Uh, I thought you were a Barbie girl for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I've maybe... Maybe you don't play Barbie. I I play Barbie. You did? Did Uh, I play Barbie. Because I have two other sisters. So we have the Barbie's house and... The all the set of Barbie and also one Ken Kenny. Yeah, Ken. yeah, Ken. Ken is always <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. So um, why would you go see Oppenheimer? Uh, because I live in Hiroshima. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. How about you, Jack? Which one would you go see? Maybe also Oppenheimer. Really. I'm not familiar with the Bobby stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I heard it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's like mark on every mail and they also mark on the company itself a lot. So it's very funny and uh yeah, kind of self-aware. Yeah, and sarcastic mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh I I, I heard I, I didn't watch uh it's uh trying to say that actually Male are easy to control, manipulate. So every female note knows how to control the male by some small t- tips. Yeah, it yeah. is. A, it is a. Uh, I think subtly. I mean, it's lighthearted but subtly deep in its own way. Mm. And actually, I read a, an interesting article. It's making uh, quite an impact in China. Um, oh really? Have you guys read about this? No, no. So um, there was. I mean, it's being shown in China. Um, and then there is a lot of discussion about the patriarchy of China through the perspective of Barbie and kind of uh, feeding on the feminism that is shown in, in Barbie's, the, the Barbie movie. 
And then the uh, the Chinese viewers are saying, why don't we have any domestically made movies that are feminist? Because oh. all of the <laughs> domestically made movies are, I mean, I, I don't know, I, ha- I haven't seen the movies, but that all of those domestically made movies are male dominated and have like male leads. And so it's very rare to have like a strong female lead and have a feminist message in a movie. Uh, so it's interesting that it's even being shown in China, but yeah, it's making a big impact there. You mm-hmm. should read about that and tell okay. me more. <laughs> I, I read some uh, relative news. Not, not, not. Uh, now I remember. I think now China, uh, they have more uh, feminism. All of them try to have some like this kind of product and can encourage more feminism. But also, the male uh, are very depressed in China now. So I think they have a very sensitive tense inside of the society mm. because all, all the young people they are losing their they don't have so much chance same as their parents so they have more tension now yeah yeah interesting it's, a, it's very curious that that movie was even kind of allowed to be shown but bobby yeah but but bobby is not sensitive right it's very feminist the very uh. feminist movie it's, <laughs> yeah very very feminist with its uh its message i see mm. yeah and back to oppenheimer i heard it's uh, almost like the uh 20th century's famous scientists they all grouping together so it's like a avengers of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah the scientists avengers of <laughs> a real scientist from hell oh. <laughs> oh, yeah no. yeah do you think it's proper to say that in Sh- hiroshima <laughs> <laughs> i think avenger but the in the scientific way, it's oh. it's a it's a yeah. Not that they're heroes. Uh. Let's be clear about that. We're not saying the people who made atomic bombs were heroes. I guess mm. I I don't want to say that. But but well. it's a it's a milestone of human being start to access those atomic powers. So it's the slogan in the movie that we give humans some power they cannot control. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is, uh, I mean, there's definite positive potential to nuclear power, especially nuclear fusion rather than nuclear fission. Fission is the kind that causes bombs. Fusion is the kind that could be like potentially endless energy. Um, like what happens in the sun is nuclear fusion where molecules are being fused together. And that could be a potentially clean, unlimited source of power. So mm-hmm. that, and that started with kind of Oppenheimer and that, yeah. that beginning of study. So does have potential for good, but I mean, unfortunately... The word hero is pretty weighted. I, I wouldn't call anyone a hero, but I'll ask you guys this. At the end of World War II, the major powers were the British, the Americans, the Russians, the Germans, and the Japanese. Those were the, the five big ones. Of course, Italy and some other countries. Every country was involved. Of those countries, which country would you want to have an atom bomb first? None. <laughs> that's, not, that's not an option, because as soon as someone gets it, then the war ends immediately, right? So if you if you have to choose, and it was going to be developed, right? A lot of German scientists were involved in the development of that. They were brought over, some of them because they were Jews. So, of course, they opposed the Nazi regime. But can you imagine what history would have been like if, if the Russians had gotten the atomic bomb first or if the Germans had gotten the atomic bomb first or if the Japanese had gotten the atomic bomb first? I mean... That's from the perspective of Americans, though. So I, I can't say with clarity which one is the best because um, we have, well, we have, have you, an have American-dominated... Culture, um, so we have an American-dominated sense of history. So I, I don't know. I don't know which would use it the best. I think none use it well, right? Like, 
America bombed two cities, and the one we're living in was bombed, and 300,000 people were killed in an instant. Oh, I'm aware. So none of that, I think, was good. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying any, that it was good that that happened, but I do think that when we talk about the atomic bomb, it's important to know your history and to know what the situation was at that time. When the U.S. went in and invaded Taiwan, for example, the Japanese people that were there, because of what their government had told them, all killed themselves to the last person, every single one. Virtually no one survived. And if the U.S. had invaded Japan, then that's what they were looking at, was a situation where, because of what the government was telling people, that they thought that the Americans were going to kill and defile them, which they didn't, for the most part, in World War II. Um, they actually rebuilt the countries that, that they defeated and helped assist them in joining the League of Nations and becoming, you know... Um, so I, I think there's lots to criticize in the U.S., <clears throat> but I think it's also important that you know your history when it comes to World War II and what the situation was, why the things happened, happened. And yeah, I mean, obviously it was a great tragedy. You know, I've sat at the dinner table with my wife's grandmother, who's now passed, and she told me stories about seeing the mushroom cloud and losing her whole family. Of course, it's a horrible tragedy, and it's the, the common people who paid the price for decisions that were made by, you know, the military leaders and the, the politicians of the countries. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a complex issue, and it's not... It's not simple to say that, oh, you know, um, there's good guys and bad guys in this. It's, it's very complex. Yeah. How is, how is the dropping of the atomic bomb viewed in Taiwan? Oh, it's very complex. Yeah, because during World War II, uh, we belonged to Japan. So actually, many of our grandparents' uh, generation, they fight for Japan. They are not direct uh, fighting soldiers, but they, they're doing the like supply chain something job. And uh, after World War II, we belong to ROC, Republic of China. And so we become like our our education when we were young, it's all about fighting Japan. So United States is our ally, right? And uh, two atomic bombs stop Japan. So in our, pers- in our education perspective, I will say uh, I will choose United States. At least, uh, United States eventually retreat from Japan. Uh, you did not uh, like build a colonized government here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, after we grow up, uh, we found that uh, many of our education is based on Republic of China, mm. and they have this kind of traditional thinking that the uh, that we need to fight back to China mainland, and <laughs> Japan is our enemy. But after we grow up, we found, no, actually, in the history, Japan built our infrastructure, actually modernized Taiwan. So today, Taiwan can have this kind of infrastructure. We need to thanks to Japan. And after World War II, Japan made many, like, supply and uh, donation to China mainland and Taiwan as well. So they actually contribute to many Asia's uh, today's modernized. Yes. So it's like a more nuanced view of the whole experience. Yes. We think it's a tragedy. And also Japan's perspective change. They after World War Two they impress the ally together with the United States. So causing today's situation. So yeah, I I I cannot do any hypothesis of the history, but uh, I'm I'm I think today's situation is good than before. That's what I think. I I think it's uh, because 
we live in Hiroshima and I went to the Heiwa Koen, the the Yunbao Guan many times. And I think I think sometimes it's really weird to it's bizarre. I have a bizarre feeling to watch the Japanese like old woman and to explain use very fluent English and to explain America about the atomic bomb mm. at that time and like what it caused like maybe caused the uh, many people get cancers and for like hundreds year and it now it's hundreds year I, I'm not sure Eight, Eight, uh, yeah. yeah and then like what's their suffer and American is there and listen and I think it's really this feeling is really weird like it's maybe it's like how how do they like re- reconcile reconcile mm. uh maybe it's the civil lies yeah, yeah i think I, I i know exactly what you're talking about i had the same feeling when talking to my wife's grandma who actually lost her family to the bomb and here i am an american two generations later marrying her granddaughter you know but she didn't have any hatred towards me you know obviously i wasn't even born then but um yeah, and it's the same thing. Like I went to uh, in when I lived in Hawaii, I went to Pearl Harbor, and there's lots of Japanese tourists there, you know. So how how as an American do you relate to Japanese tourists who are there at the site of um, you know of that? And yeah, it's like you said, it's civilization, right? It's it's mm-hmm. moving forward beyond the past and um, focusing on you know the future rather than getting just stuck in the past. I mean, you know, having hatred towards people who weren't even born at the time that these things happened obviously doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, it goes both ways, you know. I've I've been to the atomic bomb dome and I've been to Pearl Harbor, and uh, it's it's a very different time. And I think it's hard for us to imagine what it was like. Mm. Yeah, I think listen to all this, we think we 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 will think that okay, human being can like keep forward. We can be more civilized and uh, start doing this stupid like against to each other mm. and the traditional war but at the, at the meantime we're still seeing china like threats threatened to invade taiwan and ukraine war also mm. so i think this uh, constant yeah constant um ra- um nuclear sable uh, nuclear saber rattling which means that uh russia is always threatening the use of nuclear bombs or using the specter of that constantly as a way to push power whether or not they really believe and are committed to using it or not they're just saying oh we might use this as a way to like instill fear so yeah we, there is progress but yeah. also there's and not also progress. the westernized society like usually recently come come uh many party with the old thinking the right wing thinking they yeah, are yeah. now getting power so we think maybe uh human like need to continue fighting with this humanity if you go to more too pr- uh, progressive way the conservative way will fight you hardly yeah yeah there's a balance somewhere oh balance came back <laughs> <laughs> we need to change our show <laughs> the price of freedom balance, is eternal yeah. vigilance oh. yeah so there was other news I wanted to talk to you about. TSMC yeah. is delaying their construction in the United States. Did you read about this? Yes, yes, yes. What's going on? Uh, I think it's delayed maybe one quarter. And uh, the company, like, I think they imply that this is due to some uh, labor. Like it's the local labor is more difficult to like drive 
and it's not work as hard as Taiwanese. Maybe they imply that I believe they don't say directly. <laughs> <laughs> but the local uh, union, the Arizona union, they they are pissed off and they say that don't use this excuse to import more cheap foreign labor. <laughs> <laughs> and the company come out and say no, 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 we are not not saying that and uh, those uh, labor come from Taiwan is just coming for temporarily (laughs) (laughs) I think it's very funny this is a battle every time there's a big project in um, anywhere in America in Nevada they had the uh, Tesla factory and there was this huge battle about um, like a certain percentage has to be like native Nevadans versus the like imported workers as well it's like Mm. a constant battle anytime you have a big project there's everyone's fighting to who gets the job but no one really wants to do the job anyway (laughs) it's a very interesting thing that happens i think the united states is very conflicted country that's now uh because you are already developed so maybe you want to give up the manufacturing and only focus on the maybe financial industry or the service industry but the, somehow United States want to manufacture back to the <laughs> homeland. <laughs> but the local people actually don't want to do manufacturing because it's boring, routine, and have yeah. many discipline. It's like all generation things. Yeah. So how do you think about that? I think I think you you explained it perfectly. That's what happens to developed nations as they get to this point that people aren't willing to do the jobs that built the nation in the first place. And yeah, I mean, I think the way forward is we need robots to do all these <laughs> jobs for us that we don't want to do, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think, it, first of all, it's right that pe- nobody wants to do that. The question is, are you desperate enough to do it, right? I mean, even the, the people in past generations who did these jobs. And also they were doing these jobs in a, in a place where you could be a steel worker and own a nice home and support a family. And that's not the case in America anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the American dream of having... You know, owning your own home and being able to support your family and send your kids off to college with a normal blue collar job is just not a reality anymore. So, of course, people aren't willing to do this backbreaking labor when the dream that was promised them no longer exists. You know, it's it's perfectly natural that people don't want to do those kind of jobs for that kind of pay. So, yeah, we need robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the there are other solutions to that, but robots <laughs> is a good. <laughs> oh. We Asians are robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just import more Asian labor. Let's go build America anyway. I think the problem that TSMC is running up against, and this is a classic, th- this is perfect for our podcast because this is where East meets West, where Taiwan meets the United States, is a lot of the realities of building in the U.S. are controlled by unions. So how strong are unions in Taiwan? Do you guys have unions? Zero. Zero. No, 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 kidding. Maybe very less percent. Oh. Really? And in the technical, technic uh, industry, zero. So what's your perception of unions? How do you think of them? Positively, negatively? What do you think about we unions? We don't have any thinking. We, I, I think it's uh, alien things. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have... <laughs> foreign, so maybe foreign they concept. have something, but they yes. we, we didn't think about any right they really fight for us yeah what, what what can union bring to us we we, we know we nothing have no idea are you okay. are you part of a union as like micron workers like an american company do you probably not we are you we, are. We, are. we are but the union they, sure. they provide you some service like uh the long car long or how strong but they don't fight for 
they don't truly fight for your salary, I think. Uh, the salary is still highly decided by the company. Yeah. Yeah. See, it depends on the industry you're in. In some industries in the United States, the unions are extremely powerful. Um, and it's been unions who, in a lot of places, were able to negotiate better working conditions and better salaries. Um, and construction is one of those areas. I mean, the unions are very powerful when it comes to construction. And I think that's what TSMC is running up against. Mm-hmm. Is they're probably not used to dealing with unions. And, you know, like everything, there's an advantage and a disadvantage. Unions slow everything down. It's more bureaucracy. It's more red tape. They have a lot of rules. It's why in the United States, when you see them doing repairs on something, there's one guy working and six people standing around watching him. <laughs> That's union, <laughs> you know? And it makes it, it makes it more expensive to do business, of course, but the plus side is that the workers have collective bargaining rights so they can band together and say, hey, we're the ones who are doing the labor. Let's negotiate together. Because if you're just negotiating by yourself, you're going to lose against a big corporation. But if you all band together, well, then you can actually uh, make make a difference. So yeah, maybe in your industry, unions are not the way that they are in construction. Yep. Mm. And uh, for this news, I also uh, want to discuss another perspective. Like in Taiwan perspective, uh, we always I I I always very angry about this attitude about uh. I would look at how how uh how hardworking we are, and uh, this advantage uh is the white guy can never <laughs> like replace us because we work super hard. But uh, I for my my thinking is that yeah why why we are so proud of this? We sacrifice our labor and sacrifice their work life balance, and we achieve super high like industrial. Uh, achievement. We become the world best chip maker, and uh, yeah, look at how how much things you sacrifice. And are we truly want to uh proud of it? And are we truly want our next generation also live this kind of life, or we can be more developed and doing the high value job and start to manage the employee in this uh uncivilized way. <laughs> What do you think, Anna? Are you proud of the Taiwanese work ethic? Mm, maybe before when I was staying in Taiwan, I'm proud of that. But now maybe I think we deserve better life. And when I back to Taiwan, I met some of my family and friends. I think their life in uh, Taiwan is really uh, like they all work very hard and don't have their own life. Uh, and yeah, didn't you say that your uh, your mother like worked until like the last minute of her last day of retirement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because That's unheard we, of in America. Your last day, you just check out. You don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like the last couple of months, you quit. Uh, and you're just like, okay, I'm done. My mind like really care about that. And before, like she can leave the company a little bit earlier, but at the last day, she insists she want to work until the last minute to fight. PN and then go out to her office. Very low profile. She didn't like announce and say everyone bye. Like, uh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think her uh, her mother. That is our parents' generation. Uh, their their style is like this because they suffer more than us. Uh, when they were yeah. child, Taiwan was super poor, and we don't have this kind of like advanced industry in that time. I think in that timing, our best industry maybe the. Clo- 
clothes. Clothes, uh, making clothes. Yeah, making always clothes. manufacture. Always yeah. manufacture, of course. Yeah. And yeah, as you said, we make the the toy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Every toy in the world is from Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so, so yeah. Mm, like and when they have child, it now uh oh, I think maybe during twenty two to forty five uh years old people. I read a news about now only fifty percent of people get married mm. in Taiwan, and because they don't have time for dating and they don't have time to like have their child. Even they have child, they are very they have very tough life because usually both uh both of them the couple they need to work. Uh, so I think the whole country is very working hard and is very tired. <laughs> yeah, I, I, from an outsider's perspective, I can see your point, Jack. It's like in the future we need to choose what's most important to us, right? And the quality of human life should be at the top of that list. But that's also a position of luxury to be able to make that decision. And I understand why the Taiwanese are so proud of their work ethic and why they want to continue to focus on it. Because Taiwan is not the United States. You guys don't have all the resources the United States has. You don't have access to the waterways that crisscross the United States or the ports or, you know, the huge energy reserves. You guys don't have any of those things. Mm-hmm. But what you do have is your work ethic. And that is largely what built Taiwan into the economic powerhouse that it is today. So I can understand why people are so attached to that idea and why they're afraid of change, of, you know, transitioning into a period where maybe Taiwan develops other strengths um, besides just solving every problem with sheer, you know, um, work ethic, but I also understand how it got to be that way because it's you know, it's it's what allowed your parents to you know create the 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 world that you guys have been you know fortunate enough to live in, but yeah, you have to dream of more. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else you want to say on the topic? Is that a good place to end it? Probably a good place to end it. Why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> 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 you, you didn't say anything about that subject. Uh, I just wanted to see uh, if you had any uh, thoughts uh, or. If you're <laughs> Good place to end it. <laughs> or, or, or could you comment about uh, how do you think about this kind of Asian like work I would, ethic? I would probably say something about balance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a common uh, a thing that's happening in just in general with developed countries now. Um, we are getting to be kind of soft as people where we're not like, I was just thinking about this with uh, my grandparents who grew up in the Great Depression. They grew up in Oklahoma and they had a horribly, horribly difficult life growing up. And then just imagining um, like the the fortitude or the, the strength of will to like continue living through that. So many people today, if that happened, would not be able to, to, to like go through that suffering. So I think um, it is an important thing to obviously like, want a good life balance but also not have too too simple of or too easy of a life because then you're not prepared for the actual sufferings of the world so it's kind of a again a balance between those things so i think the work ethic is a good thing but probably a little less and more free time would be good Um, but again too much free time and too much ease of life is not a good thing either because then you become too soft and you and once a struggle happens it's very hard for you to deal with that struggle, um, I would say, maybe. Yeah, I think the because the United States already like moving forward uh, out of manufacturing, so those people who are like really high talented, they still have their job, but the the people who are doing manufacturing actually they're losing their job 
the job be taken over by Asian people, actually. Yeah. So that's why maybe you still so want this so badly. The manufacturer can back to United States that everyone can have a a good job. Not only the high talented people, but also the average people can all have a job and feed their family, maybe. Yeah, but like we said, with the the uh, the people growing up in that uh, that nice cushy American life, they don't want to do that manufacturing <laughs> job. So there's that. <laughs> That, that struggle so instead they're just unemployed um, oh. so it's like you have to have a cush like a, a balance between hard work ethic and knowing that you have to work hard in life versus also you know having like a comfortable life it would, that's important and fulfilling so there's there's definitely a very tough balance between that yeah it seems like a good that's point. where we'll end it <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you guys thanks everybody for joining us today and uh, yeah i hope you have a wonderful week All right, see you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.